Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to That Gabby Roslin Podcast, part of the ACAST Creator Network. My guest this week is Greg Wallace, of course, from MasterChef, MasterChef Professionals, Celebrity MasterChef, all of his travel shows on Channel 5. And he's talking all about his new app, Show Me Fit. So have a listen. He was great company. Don't forget, you can keep up to date by following and subscribing, please, to the podcast, where a new episode is released every Monday. Leave us a rating on the Apple Podcast app. And whilst you're there, why not leave us a review? We love to hear your thoughts. Now, on with the show. You just, I can't believe, so you walked here to do the podcast and you bumped into two people you know. I walk 10 miles a day. I bump into lots of strangers and we have lots of chats. Never people I know. And both of them were chefs. Tom, who used to be chef of the Eagle in Farringdon, the first ever gastro pub that was. Yes, the Eagle. Where I used to and that's my... where the rhyme is. Um, round the, up and down, da, 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 up and down the Eagle, isn't it? In and out the Eagle. In and out the Eagle, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop goes the weasel. Pop goes the weasel. First ever gastro pub that was. Wow. David Eyre. And uh, so Tom there, and then I bumped into the executive chef of the Ivy Group and uh, just wandered through the road. And he said to me, Greg, are you going to tell me a terrible joke? I have a reputation. Are you going to tell me a terrible joke? And I was thinking of going to Shiggy's and having a plate of oysters for lunch. Is that what you're going to do now? I think so, yeah, yeah. Because well, yeah. on, the, on the walk back, I passed the Ivy and, and Shiggy's and, uh, and fish is so healthy. And, yeah, it's uh, good for you, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, all those years ago... Many years ago now, did you think that you would be saying, oh, I'll go and get some oysters at the uh, at Sheikis? I mean, you're so showbiz. I was thinking that. I actually laughed to myself the other day because I, I came out of a, a doctor, nothing bad, uh, in Harley Street, and I had a tailored suit on, and I jumped into a prepaid taxi to meet my lawyer at the Goring Hotel, right? And I honestly stopped and thought to myself, when did I become establishment? When did I become the people that I used to sneer at? <laughs> yeah. Incre- incredible, So isn't when it? did you become that? I didn't, I didn't see it coming. So I, when, when did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I, 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 I honestly don't know when I kind of stopped being a rebel and started being... But aren't you still a little bit of a rebel? I think, I, I think we all are. I think we've all, we've all got our own little calls we'd like to, like to champion that might... might a little anti-establishment uh but no no i, I think three children later yes you kind of 
you know, you're no longer the rebel you were. But you, I suppose you're still seen as a bit of a rebel. Maybe, but I don't mean that in a good way because of how you are on television. You do so many shows, obviously not just MasterChef, which we will talk about, but the other shows that you do and the travelling shows and the supermarket shows, all of those things that people consider that you're not establishment. You're not the person who's going to sit down and say, hello, good afternoon, welcome. Do you know what I mean? You're uh, sort of naughty. I don't think I am. I, I think people just judge you by your accents. Incorrect. Do you think that's what it is? Yeah, yeah, of, of, of course. It, of, of course, yeah, I'm absolutely convinced that that's, that's what it is. Because I sit at home with a nice glass of wine and read history books, which you would expect people with posh accents to do. But um, why? I, I have to say, I don't. I don't well, think like that. I, 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 I think that's that's how you're judged. <laughs> I was I was doing a factory show uh, this week and talking to two of the marketing girls who were incredibly clever, smart, switched on ladies, and we were chatting families and stuff, and we were swapping photos. And one of them saw a picture of my Anna and said, "Is that your wife?" And I said, "Yeah." Said, Show me some more. And I said, Wow, she's much classier than I expected. What? They did not. Yeah, and I, this has happened to me all my, all of all of my life. I think people expect you. I think people expect you to be a, a certain. And I don't know what she expected. Somebody with orange skin, I suppose, with with shorter clothes. What's a very <laughs> strange thing to say about anybody? But it happens a lot. It it ha- it, ha- it happens a lot. I kind of get the feeling that for posher people middle-class people, I think they were told that if they worked really hard at school, they wouldn't have to mix with people like me. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you, so you still think that we're, people are judged by their accents? Yeah, I've got a great okay. story. A good mate of mine, Charlie Hicks, that I started Radio 4 with, we lost him a couple of years ago. Mm. Terribly posh. He's, his dad used to drop him at his private school in a helicopter. And... Uh, I know, and his granddad made a load of money and his dad ruined the business and Charlie came out and drifted back into fruit and veg where his granddad had made the money. So me and Charlie X were mates. Charlie was terribly posh, terribly, terribly posh, and we were really good mates. I used to go out to Paris and work in Rongis, the Paris fruit and veg market, once, twice a week for a couple of years. Charlie was out there four times a day for about five years. It was a bilingual Frenchman who said to him, Charlie, are you aware that you speak French with the most appalling working class <laughs> Parisian accent? Because he'd learned his French in the Parisian fruit and veg market. So in England, Charlie was really posh. And in France, he was a complete oik. I love accents. Oh, isn't that fantastic? Mm. I love accents. Okay, let's let's go all the way back. Let's talk about your life then, because um, uh, you've got an, another baby, mm, Sid. <laughs> Sid, how's Sid doing? Uh, baby Sid. Well, Sid great has all name. Great name. Well, it was my granddad's name. I love the name. He's Sid Massimo. Uh, Lovely name. Because Anna's family are Italian, um, so he has autism. Uh, he doesn't speak yet. We 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 we're hopeful. But uh, it's, he's a happy, cuddly Aww. boy. In fact, I'll tell you something that may, really made me happy and how much he's developing. I went into the living room yesterday and I got on my knees and said, Sid, give Daddy a hug. And he came over, looked through, came over and put his arms oh. around him. And that's the first time it's ever happened. Um, oh. this, this week, his mummy said to him, Sid, go and get your shoes. And he looked around and went and found his shoes and came back. So... Um, the bad news is that none of the specialists can tell you how he's going to develop. The good news is none of the specialists can tell you how he's going to develop. Um, I mentioned Sid on Loose Women and just got an avalanche of supportive messages on social media and lots of 
lovely examples of parents whose children didn't speak till they were nine who are now doing a PhD, didn't speak till they were 12 and they're now an opera singer. And, and it was really nice. Which that, would you that, prefer, the opera singer or the PhD? Well, I've said to the specialist, look, I, I know <laughs> he's got problems with his development at the moment, but will he still be able to play open side for wasps in England? <laughs> yeah. and, and will he still be able to do <laughs> ancient civilizations at Cambridge? So that, that's as long as he can do oh, that. How old is he now then? He's three. Oh, he's three. And we're going on our first holiday uh, with him. Uh, we uh, <laughs> we had a holiday booked in Portugal and then uh, me and his mum, we went away um, without him to, uh, to to Spain, came back and thought, we can't take him through this airport experience. We're not sure how he's going to cope at yeah. all. Uh, so we cancelled our holiday to Portugal and we're now driving <laughs> to France. Oh, lovely. Because uh, Anna's mum and dad live with, live, with, live with us. He's Nonna and he's Gampa, as we call him. So uh, we'll have me and mum, Nonna, Grandpa and Sid in Perfect. the car. Perfect. So, so he'll be around the people that he knows. Yeah, and he likes the car. and So, yeah. Oh, bless his, him. His first holiday. How are your other babies? Um, Tom is 27 and I'm seeing Tom tomorrow night for dinner. At uh, Theo Randall, I love Theo Randall when he's Italian. You were all your posh restaurants. Aren't yeah, because yeah, because I was the greengrocer to these. No, posh I know. Restaurants. That's what we're going to talk about yeah, that in a minute. They're my mates and Libby. I run a business with my daughter Libby, who's twenty-five. Um, we do Show Me Fit together, and she is an absolute pillar of strength. She's a bit of a bully because obviously her dad's old and doesn't quite understand tech the way <laughs> she does. She has very little patience with me, but she is very talented. I'm very proud of of, of all of my children. Tom uh, got an economics degree, didn't like it, and he's retraining in accounting. Let me tell you, you know your children are getting older when they start listening to your advice, right? Yeah, so Tom wasn't enjoying fun. I said, Tom, do accounting. And he said, why would I want to do that? That's another suit and tie job. I said, I'll tell you why. Because whatever industry you'd like to get into, television, sport, fashion, music, they're going to have an accounts department. Retrain in accountancy. Don't do the chart accountancy, but retrain in accountancy and you will be able to move into any industry you like. He phoned me up the next day and said, my girlfriend said, you're right. And that's what I'm going to do. So, oh, fantastic. So for the last two years, he's been smashing through four or five exams I know, a have year. I to do so many exams, goodness mm. me. Um, so let's go back to being Mr. Fruit and Veg. Fruit and Veg has been a good friend to me over the years. Yeah, so how did that start? Um, well, I left, I, basically he was asked to leave school and left home at 15. So you were the rebel then? Oh, crikey, yeah. Yeah, my mum disputes it. She said you were more 16 than 15, but I looked at my children at 15 and 16 and there didn't seem to be a great deal of difference. <laughs> but, and so I just did lots of jobs, minicab driving, scaffolding, artexing, uh, van driving. What did your parents do? Um, my mum was a computer operator in the days when you would need a computer the size of a small room. Of a room, yes. yeah. Yeah, 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 she did that. And my dad was an electrician. Right, okay. But they broke up. Um, so I had no qualifications whatsoever. And I just answered an advert in the newspaper for a warehouseman in Covent Garden Market. And that completely and utterly changed me. I mean, I didn't know at the time. But I walked into that environment. It was the first time I'd earned a proper wage. I could... I could buy myself a flat, which I, which I did. I could buy myself a second-hand car, which I did. And my life started to change. And I loved the environment. Absolutely. Why? Tell me why. What was so special about it? My first... It was colourful. And it had colourful characters in it. And there were lots of people in it. My first couple of days, the, the owner of the company, Malcolm, shouted down the warehouse to the foreman, Jim. Jim, can you shout out the weight of the plums? And the foreman shouted out, 
the weight <laughs> of the plums. And I thought, this place is brilliant. Yeah. There was loads of banter, loads of the people were singing, and I thought, this is a brilliant, colourful, vibrant, great workspace. And then I thought to myself, right, how am I going to develop from here on in? Because I'm just putting stuff away in a, in a fridge. And I'll tell you, the hardest break to make when you have no qualifications is somebody trusting you to, rather than work with your body, moving things, to work with your brain. And if you can make that leap, oh, that's interesting. the rest is easy. After that, the rest is the rest is easy. So with no qualifications, you tend to move things around. You either move them around in a van or you move them around on a building site. Or in my case, you move them around in an enormous great warehouse full of fruit and veg uh but working with your brain then anything's possible after so that. you said fruit and veg have been good to you they ha- obviously they have but the so you were doing that so with i still am fascinated by you you know the turning up in this uh warehouse with fruit and veg to the man who just got into a prepaid cab in a smart suit in Harley Street, and that was via television that made you there. Well, I was already you. making money out of fruit and veg. I'm not talking. That, sorry, I'm not yeah. the money side. I sort of oh. that side. It's the, it's the status, maybe. Is is money is success money to you then? Oh, what a brilliant question! What is it? Success to me is comfort success to me is security it's safety okay that's that's that what makes sense that's what it is after more ups and downs than a canary wolf elevator uh it, it's security it's not wanting to show off it's having a life that you like and having that life secure which means not reaching out too far not being too ambitious finding what you like and making that safe. That's what, that's what it's Great about. Answer. Yeah. Let me tell you something, because I do read a lot of history. The reason we have a square mile in London, and this is relevant to what I was saying, the reason we have a square mile in London and there are square miles all over what was the Roman world, if the Romans were going to stay anywhere, they built themselves a square mile because inside that mile, they could raise crops, rear animals and train men. They were safe within that square mile. And they wouldn't go any further until they had built that. Only ever attack from a well-defended position. If it all goes to hell in a dust cart, yes. you can come back to that bit of, bit of security. Keep your base safe. So is that how it is now for you? That's your base how, is safe? Well, I don't feel safe yet. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel safe Why? yet. I, I, I see a therapist about this, right? Yeah. And she said, you climbed far higher up the mountain than you were supposed to. So you look down from when you were sofa You mean surfing. you, particularly yeah. you. Yeah, she said, you're looking down at where you started and you think, oh, that's a long way to fall. She said, but there's no way you can fall all the way back down to being this homeless kid at 15. That can't happen to you now. The worst that can happen is you fall to the ledge six feet below. So it's fear then? It's fear. That's what drives me, yeah, it's fear. And so all you I'll, don't all, feel safe? I don't feel safe, not at the moment. What will make you feel safe? This is what my wife says. <laughs> she said, otherwise, you're just going to keep on pushing forever. At what point are you going to say, we're okay, we're safe? Um, I, I've set a monetary figure on it. Right. Okay. We're probably safe now, but uh, I've set a monetary figure on it. So then it does go back to money. Mm. Right. It's money. Yeah, I think, I, I think to have, I, I had none as a youngster, and I felt that poverty quite keenly. 
I felt embarrassed by it on a couple of occasions, and I think that's a driving driving force to, to, to wanting to achieve. But not so that you can have Ferraris and, and yachts and helicopters and private planes. That's not what I want. What I want is to feel completely and utterly secure. And you feel safe at home, though, with Anna and oh. with Sid and with your other kids? And... Anna and Sid and, and Anna's... Um, parents Massimo and Rina I mean the journalists love the idea that we're all living in this house together but this strong it's what it's what lots of Italian families do it's what lots of families do actually around the world it's not so unusual it's not at all unusual in the south of Italy no it's 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 very unusual in the UK but that family is security that family is real strength that I I I love I, I absolutely love. I mean, I, I just struck gold when I found Anna. Um, and she came with with a ready-made family. And my children, Tom and Libby, who basically just had me as a dad most of mm. their most of their young lives, just realized its potential straight away and just fell in love with it straight really? away. Really? Oh, how lovely. Yeah. So my, but one of my proudest boasts is that both my grown-up children, Tom and Libby, were both at the hospital when Sid was born. Oh. Mm. Oh, that's precious. Mm, I know, yeah, it's lovely. That is we, very lovely. We were all on holiday together. This is what Massimo and Rina are like, my in-laws. And and the kids were there as well. We had a villa in Italy. And I looked up and Massimo was in the barbecue and Rina was going backwards and forwards from the kitchen getting ice creams and drinks. Now, no one had asked them to. While my kids are just kind of swanning about on lilos in the swimming pool. They're just golden people. Oh, how lovely for you. Do you cook? So you just say mm. he's on the barbecue. Do you cook or is it just a busman's holiday then? No, I, I I normally cook for the family once a week. Only once? Well, I'm not at home every night. I suppose not, no. No, I'm not at home. I, I can disappear for three or four days. I mean, the most I've been away is a month at a time. A month? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. that must be tough. That, yeah, that was tough, but it was a big adventure. So I can be away three or four days at a time because I don't live in London. We live 60 miles into Kent on the, on the borders of Sussex. So if I go into London filming Marshall, if I stay in London. Um, of course, doing the factories means they could be anywhere in the UK. Now in Europe, so you're away. So I cook for the family... Once a week. So what did I do? This week I made them a seafood salad with uh, wild red rice, which was absolutely delicious, and they and they woofed it down. <laughs> During lockdown, uh, we were all together. I cooked lunch for the family every day. So Good man. I, I do, and I did the shopping. So I, I do love to cook. Okay, so let's talk about MasterChef. Um, it's a phenomenon, isn't it? It's a machine. It's a hamster wheel. I don't know, you know, and I mean all of those things with great respect. You know, it, it's massive. It, MasterChef is eight months of my working year and has been for the best part of 20 eight years. Months. You've got amateur, celebrity and pro. So that's eight months of my, of my working year. Wow. And it has been for a long, long time. They're very different, uh, the three, the celebrity, amateur and the professionals. Professionals is out now and it's a very, very different feel to amateur and, and, and celebrity. As, as in they're more competitive or not? It's intense. <laughs> it's just intense. Okay, amateur is is incredibly passionate and uh, I, I think joyful in that you're watching people change their lives. I love that. I love it. I love the amateur one. Celebrity is just an incredible amount of fun. Yes, because it looks the, it. Because the, the contestants coming on to celebrity are used to cameras. They're used to studios. They're, they're comfortable. They're not particularly comfortable cooking, but... I, I find that just to be such great fun. The professionals, oh, 
it's extraordinary to watch, I have to say. It really is. I just, it blows my mind. I think with professionals, you are seeing the epitome of incredible British culinary talent. But you're also getting a window into the soul of the absolute obsessed, reaching every day for something that probably doesn't exist. And that is creative perfection. And just seeing not just the skill set, but the drive of these people is just extraordinary. So do you ever get um, uh, guilt... <laughs> Uh, for, for any of them if you ever say anything negative because actually obviously there's the persona that you've created for MasterChef but knowing you away from the microphone on the few times that, that we've been out um, I, you don't want to hurt somebody no. I mean I, and you've said that to me and yet you have to be honest don't you on the show you have to remind yourself that you're not saying anything to them about their personality or their their private life you're critiquing a plate of food their plate of food yeah and even though they've poured their heart and soul into it it is just a plate of food it's not them it's not a reflection of them maybe that's what makes pro master so intense because of yeah. course it is a reflection of them i don't know i don't know definitely the professional chefs are risking the most by coming on because an amateur goes back to their job as a nurse, as a or becomes a professional, as or, this, yeah. as has happened. The celebs go back to their careers, probably enhanced because yes. people have fallen yeah. in love with them on Marsha. But the pros, if they slip up, that's their reputation in danger. Um, do I get upset? Yes, I do. Listen, I'm a good judge. So is John Tarode. So are the professional Marsha judges. But I work with John longer and for, for, for more time during the year. We are good judges, um, but you are going to like some people more than others. And when they mess up, it can be really upsetting. Of course. When they have to go and you've actually <laughs> really grown to like them, it can be really quite sad. John Tarot, as big and tough as he is, I've seen him in tears. Oh. I've seen him in tears of frustration that somebody incredibly talented has done something stupid like stuck chocolate buttons in a cod. Um, it, it's an, another thing that I always, I, I'm fascinated by, is the um, obsession that people have uh, about you and John. I'm amazed how interested journalists are about the relationship. It's interesting. It's obsessed. Obsessed. They keep on saying they've never been to each other's houses. Now, I... I'm going to ask anybody here listening, there are people that you've worked with for years and years and years, and you're like, how many of your work colleagues' houses have you been to? Why would it be any different to me and John? We, 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 me and John are really close. I say this, right? I've, I've, I've said this in after-dinner speaking, it always gets a laugh. I said, look, the papers say that me and John don't get on, right? So I'm going to give you some evidence here. I'm going to ask you to make your own mind up. So we've been doing MasterChef together for nearly 20 years. He bought fruit and veg off me for 10 years before that. Okay. And he was best man at my wedding. Okay. He wasn't best man at every wedding, <laughs> but he was best man at the last one. As far as I know, nobody's written a best-selling pamphlet on how TV duos are supposed to work. <laughs> now, John and I have found something that obviously works. Yes. Brilliantly works. And what works for us is we are very close for six months of the year. And then we give each other space and time. We text each other. We'll phone each other. I text John this week from on, on holiday. He's on holiday. Yeah. I, I, I answer his messages on, on Instagram. What I would say about me and John 
um, that may be different to other TV couples is John and I are together on MasterChef, but we also have television roles that don't include each other. Yeah. We're not together all of the time. There's John and Lisa's Kitchen that he does with his lovely wife, Lisa. Yeah. I do Lisa. I do factories and, some, and, and travel and stuff. So we come together, but we also, we're not always a TV double act. But John and I have managed to do this program happily together for the best part of 20 years. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We started this by you telling me about people stopping you in the street and that you knew them. What's everyday folks, these are people that you knew, but what's the, the reaction of everyday folk in the street to you. I imagine that people will be like, oh, all right, Greg, all right, get that they want that because you're chatty and friendly and open on television. I imagine that they're like that with you, or am I wrong? No, no, that everybody's really, really positive and really, really friendly and and have and I think because I've got this friendly, bubbly, energetic persona. And that is me. I don't try any differently when I'm on the television. I just go in with the same crazy energy that I approach my life with so people do do chat to you I'm always amazed that you get rude people on social media but never rude people in real they life they won't do it in real life yeah yeah uh, I'm, I'm always surprised um selfies can be an issue um and I don't go anywhere rarely do I go anywhere where the public might be drinking um because someone will be rude to you thinking they're being funny and it can cause a problem because um, so, you don't drink now. No, I love, I love a drink. Oh, you do now? Oh, mate, yeah, I'm often at the but, rugby but floating But you've spoken about alcohol and how it affected you in the past as well. Oh, I've reduced it. I've learned right, how to manage it. Right, and right, and right. I've done that with the help of Anna. But I, I tend not to go... I, I, I wouldn't... Rarely would I walk into a pub uh, with lots of people drinking. Um, selfies troubles me a little bit. Because um, in case you haven't got your mascara on, no, your lipstick. No, I, I feel like it's trophy hunting. Yeah, no one's actually chatting to you. If if you get into conversation with somebody and you've built up a rapport and they want a photograph, I think that's great. People that come at you just with their phone out wanting a selfie, I think you you it makes me uncomfortable. I Isn't think, it the modern day autograph that we all used to? I mean, I had autographs when I was a kid, and I loved them. I don't know why I had them now. I mean, but but I loved them. Yeah, is it not the modern day autograph? I I've kind of got a feeling it's it's a little bit trophy hunting. 
that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure whether those people do have any interest in you, <laughs> but they, they want something from you to show their friend. Rarely do I say no, but it troubles me. Like, what, why do you, why have I Doesn't got... Doesn't everybody want a bit of celebrity? Well, they want it to show their friends. Yeah, that's what I mean. They yeah. want a bit. Oh, look who I, I, I touched somebody who touched someone, you know, whatever it is. Um, I rubbed it, elbows with. It can become an issue. I'm learning to manage it better. So I'm a big rugby fan and I go to lots of rugby matches and I say no now. And people, I think, by and large, understand. They'll come up to me and say, can I have a picture? And I'll say, I'm going to say no. Look, stop and have a drink. Can I have a chat? I said, I'm going to say no because I'm with my son and I don't want to start something I have no way of stopping. Once you have one, look, there are 600 people here. Mm. It's not going to stop. Once you say, yeah, it's not going to stop. It's going to be the end of, the end of my day. And I think people understand that. Yeah. I, was at, I was at my friend's wedding, Danny. It was, he's a Punjabi Sikh. There were like 600 people at this wedding. And I had to say no there. Because I'd been to, they, they, they have lots of wedding celebrations. I'd been to a smaller party with 300, said yes to a selfie, and it was constant. And then it became about the selfie, it, yes. It was, one, it was one a minute. So you, you, you have to, at some state, at some places, say no. I think I must be incredibly unlucky. Why? In that I've been doing television for 20 years, and I hardly ever meet a fan. I never meet a fan. What I what meet, do you mean? What I meet daily are relatives of fans. <laughs> How unfortunate am I? Oh, my mum loves you. Yeah. My brother. Is, yeah. Why yeah. am I not meeting the fans? Because people are too embarrassed. Why am I only meeting? That must be I mean, 20 years on That's telly. That's so funny. That is so funny. <laughs> um, it, what's so interesting about you is, where, so sitting talking to you, um, you are about making people feel good. You, you um, are... Are, are passionate about what you do. You love what you do. You love your family. Um, and yet I'm still fascinated by this fear thing from you. And it's I sort of want to be able to say to you, you know what, you're okay. Mm. If somebody were to say that to you, would you be able to accept it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, up to a point and then, and then the demons had come back in again. Yeah. I think the problem with the tech, I've had businesses. I, I, have a, I have another business now. And the problem with television is I'm not in charge of it. I've done very well with it, but I'm not in charge of it. And that, that troubles me. And your businesses, so you said you learn and then you do things. So you've learned a lot through the businesses. As you say, you've got another business, a fitness business now. I've got the business called Show Me Fit, which is a weight loss and fitness website. But it looks like an app on your phone. And we're literally helping hundreds and hundreds of people lose weight. And the system we use is unlike any other system. We, we say to people, and we've got a really good nutritionist called Kat, and I couldn't have done it without her. And it's not about exercise. It's all about healthy eating. It's not about dieting. It's not about being restrictive. It's about having a really big, healthy, healthy breakfast, a big, healthy lunch, and a big, healthy dinner, eating three big, healthy meals a day. My wife, Anna, has written all the recipes. They get rubber stamped by the nutritionist and then we film them so people can copy them. And there are 500 recipes. And that's the, that's the simple message. Eat a big breakfast that's healthy. Eat a big lunch that's healthy. Eat a big dinner. There's no way there won't be food you like here. There's 500 of them. 
But also, I like that you say it's not about diet. I get very angry about the word diet. And I've studied uh, health and nutrition for 26 years because of uh, my dad being diagnosed with bowel cancer and surviving, thank goodness. But, um, but what really annoys me is people go, oh, I've got to go on a diet. No, it's about a way of life. It's about fixing your head and working out what you can and what you can't. Gabby, that's it. I love you. It's official. <laughs> oh, that, thank you. <laughs> you. Listen, you know that because you've studied nutrition extensively. That is what it's about. It's not diets do not work. Okay, the idea on January the first, you are. Oh, never, don't. Oh, that annoys me. You're never going to be bad again. You're setting yourself up for failure. Don't go on a diet. Make a decision to be healthier and start eating healthier meals. What you need more than anything else is organization of your life so that food doesn't happen to you by accident. Make food an priority in your life. I know what I'm having for breakfast. I know what I'm having for lunch. I know what I'm having for dinner. I know. Why? Because I want to stay fit and I want to stay slim. You can't not have breakfast and then mid-morning grab for a croissant full of butter. You can't then get hungry around lunchtime and go for a meal deal out out of a petrol station there's a packet of crisps and a bad sandwich you can't then come home and think oh i don't know what i'm gonna have for dinner i know i'll phone a takeaway this is the route to obesity where you don't need to be clever you don't need to be restrictive you don't need to be hungry you just need to be organized so you said that from businesses you've learned so what have you learned through the other businesses oh crikey what can i what in in a nutshell what can what can i say um that the more you study your figures, the better they get. I was an older old accountant who taught me that. And uh, what he means by that is just always know where every single penny is going and somehow your business will become more profitable if you've always got it in the front of your mind. When you start a business, don't let anybody in a suit and tie who works for a big company tell you that you don't know what you're doing and they do because they're big and successful. What they know is their business. What they know is that they've got a product that they're already selling that's successful. They know that after years of trading. What they know is who their customers are. You as a startup, you don't know that. These people in suits and ties don't know more than you. They know about their business. You have to find out through trial and error. You. The person that knows the most about your business is you. Don't go to suits and ties and pay consultants lots of money. Find out yourself. Have you done Celebrity Apprentice? No. That would be interesting. No, no, no. I love business. Business is business is great. Business is wonderful, and I've had failed businesses as well. It's funny, in from what I can tell, because I read a lot in the states, failed business you're expected to fail. In order yes, to, they're, to... they're all pro it, aren't they? Yeah. They say if you fail in a business, then then you, that's how you then eventually succeed. Well, I'd like here to... failure is seen as a, a a very different thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've taken the same approach to marriage, but yeah, yeah. You're, 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 in America, you're supposed to fail and that's how you learn. Over here, if you fail in business, people think you're some sort of crook and I don't really understand why that... Do you think that? Do you think that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he went bust, owing loads of people money. Yes, he had a limited company. It failed. <laughs> Probably the one that lost the most money was the person that owned the business. It's, it's uh, yeah, you have to... How else are you going to learn if you, if you don't try things and fail? But is but a lot of people, a lot of people are. I actually going back to the word fear. But a lot of people are so fearful uh, of failure. They're so fearful of trying because they because also society tells you that you're not good enough and you can't succeed and you're not going to be able to do it. Listen, I've spent two years having lots of conversations every week about people with uh, about weight loss, and I didn't understand fear of failure. 
I, I honestly didn't understand it at all. So I had to do quite a bit of research. I've really? Got, you didn't get n- that? No, no, no. It's never, it's n- n- not, had no part in my life at all, like fear of failure. I don't, I don't really know what that means. You know, just give it a go. So I've got friends who are psychologists. One guy, Dr. Kev Dutton, who actually lectured uh, psychology at either Oxford or Cambridge. Sorry, Kev, I can't remember now. But he's been a great help to me. And fear of failure is a real thing. I just, di- I just didn't know it. But the way to attack it fear of failure is to not give yourself any targets and don't tell anybody so that way if you haven't set any targets you can't fail right so if it's if it's trying to run a marathon or if it's trying to lose three stone if you don't tell anybody and you don't set a target then all you're doing is trying you can't fail that's an interesting way of looking at it there are there that's not going to work for everybody obviously um it it would if you some people like to have an end goal yeah but then not those ones that are scared of failure right if you have a fear if you have a fear of failure you cannot don't set an end goal no that's the way to tackle a fear of failure i've learned so much i mean i literally have hundreds of conversations every week with people trying, trying to trying to lose weight you are, you know what the 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 thing that, and I'm thank you for doing this. But the thing that I hope people get from listening to this is that you're happy then, aren't you? Anna has made a massive, massive impact on my life, an enormous impact on my life, huge. Can I tell you? Because I do worry, I do, I do, I do worry about security and stuff. And she said to me, "I wouldn't worry. Honestly, we've been together ten years." You're too clever to be poor. <laughs> there we go. She's there. And and thank you for being here. And thank you for, for sharing some things that uh, you don't usually talk about. So that was lovely. Thank you very much. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly presented to you by Cameo Productions with music by Beth Macari. If you wouldn't mind, could you give us a like, a follow, a subscribe and please leave a review? We read them all and love to see what you've got to say. See you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.